Blog Talk Radio. You hear me? The word is so addicting. The dreams is expensive. You think it can work hard for the time. You're listening to Unfinished Business Live Pink Sunday with host Tanika, Tia, Ja, and Koji. Enjoy. Two breakers, three, four breakers. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of Pink Sunday Live. I'm your host, Koji, with host Tanika, with host Ja, with host Tia. Y'all here? Y'all here? We're here. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Oh, my God. So... First of all, how was y'all week? How y'all feeling? Mine was good. I'm good. How about you y'all? Well, my week was pretty good. Um, I can't complain. Okay. Mm, good, I'm tired good. as hell because I haven't slept more than two hours a day all week. <laughs> but, you know, other than that, everything's great. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty tired myself too, but I'm happy to be here with you guys today. We have quite the episode. It's funny to me that y'all kind of dusted this episode, not specifically y'all, the co-host, but the Pink Foxy was kind of kind of low key hating on 201. But I think last night during the rewatch, it, it was kind of lit. We got a lot of tweets, a little discoveries in there. Um, that we didn't see before, that kind of piqued our little interest. So I, I think this show will be really, really good. Um, of course, I like to start off with any recognitions or um, what I want to say, or just anything that happened during the week. So it was a huge week for our fave Nico. He was recognized by the Critics' Choice Award Association, Critics' Critics. Association, sorry. Um, he received the After Award for Television for his role as Uncle Clifford on P Valley at the fifth annual Critics Choice Association Celebration of Black Cinema and Television. Um, just some other notable honorees was Elegance Bratton, Quentin Brunson. Uh, which we know from Abbott Elementary. Shout out to that show. Danielle Deadweiler, who also played on P Valley, right? Um, Ayo Edabri, Angela Bassett, icon, right? Michael B. Jordan, Brian Tyree Henry, Quincy Isaiah, Jonathan Majors, Jenna uh, Prince Bikewood. Um, so it was. It was so wonderful. He looked amazing. If you have not seen his full acceptance speech, please, please go to YouTube and watch it. Um, If you go to Tanika's page, she should still have that up um, and, and watch it. It was amazing. So like always, we always break down for the episode. It is titled Pussyland. The director was Barbara Brown. The writers were Katori Hall, Kimiyondo Coutinho, the executive story editor. Um, the producers was Dante DeLoretto, Katori Ian Olympio, David Woods. Um, the music, 
Matthew Head. The cinematographer was Richard Violet, Richard J. Violet. The costume design, I, I kind of wanted to do a little bit more because this episode, I think you all can agree. The costumes, the hair, makeup was really extraordinary. I think it was a whole, like, presentation um, with the mayor's passing, right? So it was very coordinated. Um, the costume design, Alita McGee Bailey. Um, the makeup department head was Jay Donnell, so that whole team, shout out to them. The hair department head was Arlene Martin, so shout out to that whole team, okay? So, yeah, so that was just a summary of everything. Um, the beginning of the episode, before I do that, thank you guys so much for joining in the chat. I see Chunky Light is already in the chat. Um, Lexus, Lex, sorry, Lex, I said Lexus. Lex is already in the chat. Um, Tamika, of course, and all the hosts are in the chat as well. Kendra is in there. Um, so thank you guys for coming in the chat with us. Um, we do have little rules um, <clears throat> for how we're going to flow with the show. If you want to start with that, Tia, go ahead and lay that out for kind of like how we run things. I know you put it in the chat, but just on air for live listening. Yeah, no problem. Hey, 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 y'all. Um, whenever you get on this, get on the actual phone itself, just go ahead and mute your phone whenever you're not talking just so we can limit some background noise. Um, we may disconnect you after you speak on a topic, but if you want to speak on something else, just feel free to call back in and try to keep it as concise as possible so everyone can talk. Um, and also, if you're hearing us on the radio but you're not in the chat, uh, all you have to do is create a free, completely free account on Blog Talk Radio and log in, and then you can join us in the chat if you don't actually want to call in on the radio. But we love having you guys and so honored to have your support. Job, did you want to add anything? Uh, no, I actually think Tia covered all the bases, and um, let's get on with the show. Let's have a ball. Okay. Tanika, anything you did? Nope. Uh, Tia went over everything. Okay. Okay, cool. So, the beginning of this episode, okay, it was just a man who wanted to get the hell out of the house. Can we all agree? I mean, sometimes we need to do that. It was about six goddamn children in the house. Um, the balloons, it was obviously a party. The man just needed to get away, okay? Um, we are in the pandemic era, so I think we all need a break, okay? Um, he gets to the crossroads, woodbine, a little bad cousin who has the sign of the weed wangs and the titties, played by none other than Kakori Hall. At first watch, did you realize that was her? Nope. Not even a little Anybody. bit. Nope. Nah, I didn't. I didn't catch it. Uh, first watch, it was like about the second time. I was like, wait a minute, she looks a little familiar. Really? I yeah, like I, after, not the first watch, but yeah. I looked at the yeah, sign, yeah. but I didn't pay attention to who was holding the sign. Not first watch, not right. second watch. I think not I might have noticed it like a month ago, maybe, like real late. Okay. I missed that completely. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so if you were the guy, and it's the pandemic, Okay, 
and you done been in the house with all them kids, are you choosing a word or are you choosing a titty? <laughs> well, the church ain't even open, so he wasn't going there. He was going to the throat. <laughs> of course he was going where the wings of the titties was. Oh, my God, the weed wings, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Okay, so he made his way. And, of course, Big L, I mean, he takes no prisoners when it comes to shaving. Haley, like, y'all want to see her dance. I mean, at least somebody's actually real about her dancing because that whole, what did Wally say? That's a Beyonce cousin. It was a Beyonce. Yeah, no, no, murder. That's Beyonce cousin in that blue dress. Absolutely not murder. Absolutely not. I mean, y'all, I think it was just the color of her skin because it wasn't given on the stage. Like, I I don't know what murder was seeing that night, but okay, sure. That's all I did. I was like, okay, like they panned her movement and it wasn't given. So well, we know Murder was just saying so we, whatever he had to say to look right. And look okay. <laughs> and so the episode was titled Perpetrating, right? Mm-hmm. So he was doing a lot of that. Yeah, he was doing a lot of that anyway. Um, So the girls were fine as hell, okay? They, they looked excellent. The whole setup, I was like, yes. I was like, okay, very clever. And you know what? During the pandemic, I know here in Houston, there were quite a few businesses that had um, strip club car washes. Like Treasures here, which is a strip club, they actually had stripper car washes. So I was like, yes, because that was reality. That's one of the reasons I love this show so much because it was real. I was like, yeah, they were talking about it on the news, and they, they found a way to make money at Treasures. So kudos to Katori for, for making a reality. So did y'all want to discuss anything about that scene at all or not so much? or No, I can get into it a little bit. Um, I loved it. I'm sorry. I thought it was an amazing intro, uh, visually, colorfully, Uncle Clifford in her crown royal cape and mm-hmm. the, that whole thing, you know, I, my eyes were wide open. You would have thought I was on a Broadway play. I was just like, oh, look at this, look at that. I did think it was very creative and did play into what you spoke about, uh, Koji, about the, the drive-through strip clubs and things of that nature. Um, I felt like Mercedes on that carousel horse. Get, I was like, yes, this you best fucking work. I was here for all of it. Um, I just really thought it was a, that scene was just outstanding to me, like, the rest is it, it a very good start of bringing us back into the world of P-Valley, the pink, Tuscaloosa. Kudos to the creative minds behind that particular scene because um, I'm not that, you know, I think women are beautiful, but I'm not that too into women, but I was there for it too. I, I had my dollar bills. I was ready to <laughs> risk it all. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Also, I think last night what I noticed, 
I mean, yes, there was come on the dashboard. Um, so he obviously enjoyed it. But, honey, when Cliff handed him that 75 white Clorox, um, absolutely not. Like, I'm going to need you to hand a few. Like, he didn't have that much come on the dashboard, baby. It was just a few little sprinkles. Give him a few little wipes. And, and well, we know like, how our I good mean, sis is with money. She don't, she not good with it at all. So she just wasting it left and I right. I know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, because in the following scene, she was like, you know, Monte burnt up, you know, the sanitizer and all that. And I'm thinking in my head, well, hell, Cliff, look, that's because you handing out 75 white containers of white. So, hell, you probably ran out the supply and then Monte probably trying to come up with it. Girl, I can only assume that he took a few and gave it back. I, I mean, because I can Mm-mm. only hope. But he took that whole no, thing. He took them kids. <laughs> and I don't want no nothing back from that car. I don't want nothing that okay. got into that car coming back out the car nowhere. <laughs> okay. Not no Panini. Okay. Absolutely. Oh my not. God. I mean, baby, can you give the dollar store version? Like, sweetie, it, it was, it, girl, I saw Clorox, like Clorox. Do you know how much the Clorox was during that time? Oh, $30. Oh, anyway, thank you. When you said that on Twitter, Tanika, when you responded to me, I was like, yes, the price gouging was insane. But anyway, so let's move to the back the backyard. I was going to say backyard, but like, what is it called? Kind of like that area. Because, you know, it's sitting on so much land back there. Like, what what would that be called for them? Backyard work? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the backyard. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, what is that called? Because it's on so much land. But um, they out there chilling. And, you know, I thought about and I said this on Twitter because my dad put Budweiser in my bottle. So that little moment when she was like, oh, I ain't putting no burr in that baby bottle. And I was just like, that's so crazy because my dad did that. He was trying to put me to sleep while he was studying. And I ended up not waking up, so he got really, really scared about that. And it's factual. Some people make bad decisions. So I just thought that was really funny. But anyway, what did y'all think about that whole situation? I think that's when we should have known Brazil wasn't about nothing, when she compared Sadie's and Toy, because it ain't no kind of equivalent. (laughs) Yeah, now, okay, now, I know Toy be sneezing and bubblegutting, but y'all don't see no skill in Toy. Um, you know Toy be bopping and dancing and shaking and boop and boop. Come on, y'all. Toy does great, but she's not Mercedes. It's a reason why Mercedes is the bottom bitch. Come on now. Mercedes definitely should be getting a bigger cut than Toy. But also, I did not realize until yesterday that Toy is never on the pole. Like, how did I? I'm not sure if I'm the only one that missed that, but Toy is a pole dancer. I thought she was um, on the pole in season one once, and 
Jupiter was standing on her on the pole. But I didn't get a chance to go back and look. I wanted to go back so I could fact check, but I didn't have a chance. Unless that was peanut butter she was standing on. I don't know, but when... um, If she was on the pole. I know Mercedes called her non-polling, and I mean, I've watched this episode a couple of times, but that that escaped me until this rewatch, what she meant when she said non-polling. I noticed it on the closing episode when they were closing the first time and getting ready for murder night and all that because everybody else was up on the pole wiping them down, and she was one of the only ones that had the, like, was assigned the bottom of the poles. So when she she said that here, I remembered that episode. Oh, hmm. well, well, you know, we, yeah, okay. Well, everybody ain't meant to do everything. If she know how to throw that right. ass in a circle, <laughs> she getting her dollars, okay? <laughs> Look, I was like, well, okay, well, I mean, she, she still, one thing I do like about the girls, and I will say this, they will still stick up for themselves. You know, like, even though Mercedes is top dog, bottom bitch, they still not going to just, you know, be quiet regardless. If she's not on the pole, she's still going to speak up. So I do like they don't just let Mercedes walk over them. They'll snap back too, even if she a little chihuahua, you know. So anyway, the girls see Murda and Sadie's, I mean, Murda and uh, Mississippi on the pole in the video, and the video is shot outside his house. It wasn't like they was, you know, they had to come up with a budget, you know? They just took a little camera and was outside of his house. So how did y'all feel about the little commentary? I already said Cliff was all in memory lane watching that video. Y'all have any commentary on that? I remember first watching it, and I was like, that's murder? Wait a Mississippi minute. Because <laughs> he was so skinny in episode one, and I was like, like uh, I don't know who it said, but I was like, oh, he got quarantine thick, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I will I will give give it to murder. I know y'all say I'd be on his neck kind of heavy, but he can right. He was. He you had my sister's knees weak. You be on the back of his neck like a barracuda, bitch. Because that's like what he deserves. That's Can what you he deserves. give him a fucking break? I'm not going to give him a break, but I will say that he's looking right with the quarantine thickness on him. I understand why my sister Cliff's knees was a little weak. I get it. <laughs> this almost, this was hunger. She looked like she was instantly like, golly, she was like oh popping up God. with some biscuits, some extra syrup or something. Like, girl, Cliff's balls been throbbing, okay? <laughs> oh, did I say that? Wait, okay, sorry, y'all. Girl. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Let her lip. I, I, I believe it in my spirit. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, and I'm thinking, so, anyway. I'm fast forwarding to next week, but maybe that's why Brazil was looking the way she was looking, because she had secretly had a little crush on him from here, and then when she saw Ooh. it was Cliff, man, maybe she got a little jealous. I'm just trying to shoot her a little bail. Mm. Hmm. Right, because I like Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be I don't want to be mad. Yeah, her. I like Brazil right. too. Don't be looking at my aunt like that. Yeah, I like Brazil too. But I think you know what? Secretly a lot of the girls obviously had a they had a, a crush on Diamond even if they was married. They they had a crush on Murder. So I mean, you know, just finding out that, you know, he would cliff, I'm sure a lot of a lot of girls, you know, are dry, you know? So anyway, how did y'all feel about when the news came out of you know who did you? Because we still have been trying. We been, our brains have been going crazy about the theory if that's his. You know, if, I mean, if Mayor Ruffin is Cliff's father, um, so the look on Cliff's face. Was that when that theory came about for you, Tanika? Because I think you were the first one to feel this way, right? Mm-hmm. Were you the first um, one to think that that was Cliff's father? Or I don't know if it was somebody else, but it kind of just went haywire after that. Uh, I don't know if I'm the first one. I I, I never been on my timeline before, um, but mm-hmm. this wasn't really where I got it from but I did take this in, into consideration honestly it was Kane who brought up the idea that maybe they had some kind of uh sexual relationship Cliff and Tidal and that was an immediate no for me <laughs> there ain't no way Ooh. in the world but she did say that you know during the funeral Cliff had some kind of look on her face so I went back to watch that and I watched this scene, mm-hmm. and I saw her reaction. Mm-hmm. So while mm-hmm. I know there is no way in the world they had a sexual relationship, they did have to have some sort of relationship because she mm-hmm. had she had a reaction here um, watching the news that uh, he was dead. Yeah. And then now that I think about it, uh, the reaction of grandmother at, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, so I'm still, like, I'm just thinking about everybody's reaction to him. Like, okay, if that is Cliff's father and he's coming by to give little condolences for losing the tank and she was like, Tydell, fuck you. You know, like, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just still trying to figure it out. I'm just still trying to figure it out. But I did that that panning to him, and I know we'll talk about it later. That panning when Andre was saying legacy that there is definitely something something to that. And and mm-hmm. Cliff's mom Beulah, I feel like there is some yeah, but and she was so. Do we younger. think? If he is Unc's father, that Unc knows because to me, he's always Unc has always addressed him like a peer, and not as someone mm-hmm. like a father or an uncle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So while I d- definitely am on the mm-hmm. that that could be Cliff's father's train, 
I'm not sure mm-hmm. if she knows that because her interaction with him doesn't give me that. Right. Um, See, and, yeah, go ahead, Ja. Well, I definitely, okay, so initially I started to wonder more so when it came to Tydell about them having a past situation um, or a situationship or some past. Um, mm. They are definitely familiar, like family familiar, but maybe not necessarily um, her dad. You know, I think about um, the soap down when she showed up, the other guys ran off, and he said, come on, Clifford, come over here and take a real picture. You know, it was until Mm -hmm. they started having words about the club, it was more, a little more friendly, you know. Um, And Mm -hmm. then fast forward to, like you said, we definitely see her having some mixed emotions in the backyard when they find out that Mm -hmm. Tidal has passed. She's um, mm-hmm. she shows visible emotion first, and then switches to like kind of an attitude, you know, like oh that situation might be burning, like the mayor, you know, covering up emotions. As we know, our girl struggles uh, to with her emotions sometimes. So um, I don't know. I definitely think there's something deeper again addressing the situation when when she's at the family home. Everyone is very comfortable with. You know, when um, Uncle Clifford shows up, no one, you know, they're all like, hey, hey, come on. You know, Mookie even comes out. They, they're very, you know, so there's definitely a very close familiarity, family familiarity going on. I think we'll definitely find out more later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, I remember, remember I was like, who was that that came? I was like, oh, Cliff, that outfit busted. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. they love yeah. Cliff. You know, everybody yeah. was just like, Cliff, Cliff, you know. I mean, it, it gives Cliff has been around, been like our babysitter, like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Okay, uh-uh, I ain't going to say nothing. Okay, okay. No, I'm not going to outburst. Never mind, y'all. Okay, go ahead. Let's move uh-uh, on. We want that outburst. Wait uh-uh. a uh-uh. 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 No, ma'am. Uh-uh. 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 Uh-
That that's why I always say Cliff is the head bitch in charge. Ain't no regular person can go into the fucking county jail or the city jail and demand to go see somebody that's back there and do they nails Mm-mm-mm-mm. like that. Now you gonna let me see my status. Like you know, I mean there's just such a level of respect. Like you've been paying the sheriff, you know, like it's just it's just such a level of how things are ran, and that's been a long time. You can tell that because I bet you Ernestine was the same way. Before she went blind, she ran shit the same way, taught Cliff everything she know. So the person before Bailey, guess what, probably respected Ernestine the same way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's it's crazy because ain't nobody going to run up at 5501. What's the house? What's the house? What's the house? 551. Y'all know it. 551, I think it's like Golden Hall Lane or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody, nobody ain't going to mess with that. So, um, I mean, at this point, we could just skip all around shit because we just, we just went everywhere. Because I think that's the most interesting part of the episode, right? Like, what do y'all feel is the most interesting part of the episode is it that the cliff tidal connection um was the most interesting or for me i noticed and i i guess i brought this up with jai and i wanted to talk to you guys about it because i was kind of um i guess shook a little bit or i really didn't understand um haley and mercedes at the house when they were going back and forth and we're at 201 and at the end of the first season Mercedes shot Montavious so she saved Haley's ass you know she Mm -hmm. saved Haley's ass and so Mississippi pulled the gun on Diamond okay to save Derek's ass and the sympathy that Haley is giving is for Mississippi. And Sadie's is like, where they do that at? Like, she she pulled a gun out on our people, you know? So for me, it's like I understand, like, Mississippi is in an abusive relationship, so that Haley is like, you know, sympathetic and more, you know, empathetic in relation to that. Um, But it does seem like Mercedes has been in that same situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do y'all feel about that? Because I was like, you know what? Like, she did save your life. Like, what? I don't know. I was kind of jarred by that that situation. Do y'all have any um, thoughts on that? Um, I'll say my, my main issue with Haley has always been that she came off so ungrateful after they saved her life. Like, she's never, to me, had any appreciation for the fact that she would be dead without, um, Cliff and ladies. Um, I Mm -hmm. think her, her 
I don't know how to say it. Her her main focus right now is the money. Like she's trying her mm-hmm. best to to keep this club afloat. Um, she's going through what you know a lot of businesses were going through at this time. They're closed. They're trying to figure it out. Uncle Clifford is spending money crazy. Even though I agree, with, we didn't talk about it, but um, I agree with some of the ways that that she spent the money. Uncle Clifford was taking care of her girls, mm-hmm. and that's something that mm-hmm. Haley wouldn't have done. Haley would have let them girls starve. Like she cares about the business, she doesn't care about the people in the business, and that's the difference between mm-hmm. her and Uncle Clifford. So. I, I understand where Haley's coming from, but I'm frustrated with the way that she goes about it. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. With Sadie's and Haley, um, I've always mm-hmm. been able to see kind of both sides in the aftermath of the mm-hmm. shooting because um, mm-hmm. I love the fact that Mercedes took her in, and at this point, we saw that maybe a friendship was developing. But I'm also on right. on Haley's side. Like, yes, you did that for me, but I don't need to hear about it every five minutes. Like later uh-huh. in the season, when she was like, "God damn, <laughs> like I don't need to be reminded." <laughs> mm-hmm of what happened every five minutes. Like, you did it. It was a terrible situation. We're all, mm-hmm. like, recovering from that trauma. You, you don't have a monopoly on the after effects of what happened. Like, and even though she's right. the one that shot him, the whole shit was messed right. up. So I, like, Haley, to me, has never been grateful enough for anything. Like Josh said on the timeline, like the end of season one, Haley and Unc were partners and we get here and Unc got 15%. How the fuck did that happen? Like how did Haley even finagle or maneuver that? Like, so, but I do see both of their sides in this. I hate, I always Mm -hmm. hated the way that Mr. And I think it was 202, but I always have seen both sides in their particular relationship. Yeah, I agree. Ja. So I'm a I'm a right is right type of person sometimes, but I'm also a person who can see from both sides. So I don't mm-hmm. feel like I didn't see it as a whose side are you on? Are you on mine or are you on Mississippi side type of thing? I think mm-hmm. because Haley is operating out of her own experience, she can understand why Mississippi responded the way that she did. But she's saying, hey, look, if y'all are family, uh, why are you all, you know, why is the whole crew just like, oh, no, no, no one has this thing. But she kind of gets it. I definitely think Haley was never appreciative enough for Mercedes coming into her rescue we all say Uncle Clifford cannot fight, uh, but she got that gun. She ran straight up in there ready to risk her own life, you know, because she was like, oh, shit, it's going down. Whether I can fight or not, I'm bringing my ass up in there. That's true. And this That's ain't going true. down. So, to yes, it was your money, but, like, Uncle Clifford made a point. There's no sense of being the, the richest dead person in the cemetery uh, now. Mm-hmm. And to and to just say, okay, you end this handshake, oh, wait, partner, and my, my percentage is 15%. And then we go back. Now, she's upset at um, she's upset at Mercedes for constantly being like, yo, 
I killed someone for you. I'm carrying this burden for you. But Haley was also, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really think um, I hated that their friendship had to dissolve because yeah. their friendship is what made me see Haley in a light that was pleasing because I never really cared for her character. But it was something about their dynamic together, the friendship that was building. I would have loved to see that flourish. But um, because I'm assuming it's because Elrica. Um, made the choice to leave the show. They had to dissolve that. So I was really um, sad mm-hmm. to see it. But um, yeah, Haley. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't take it as a taking. To go back to the original point, I didn't see it as taking sides. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. saw her as being devil's advocate. Like, hey, I feel what you're saying, but also, if you've never been in this situation, you don't know how a person who is abused, who is traumatized, who is. Mm-hmm. Um, conflicted and confused is going to mm-hmm. act in that scared of moment mark you know though you know mm-hmm. we're hoping we just be like yeah this is the perfect time to kill this nigga but <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but but sure. Stockholm syndrome is real and if, for those who oh, may not yeah. know what Stockholm syndrome is it is identifying with your captor or your abuser and so some people actually mentally to survive, they wind up with this. And so a, a long-term abuser, a long-term captor can eventually set that person free, no chains, no nothing. But because they've been in that mental space so long, they will not run. They will protect them. It's, it's a real situation. Oh, 100%. And the thing about it is with this episode, I think, because like you said, Dad, this is a, it was a set-up episode, but it did have a lot of layers. And I guess I never even realized just how much Derek, the abuser thing. I remember, what was that episode where we found out he tracked her phone? But I, I guess I missed him tracking her cycle. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize he tracked her cycle. I was like, damn, tracking her cycle, tracking her phone, tracking her diapers, tracking everything. I mean, and, you know, sitting at the table, looking at the views, and, they, like, um, you know, and we always on the timeline are like, dang, I wish you would just kill Derek. Can, can somebody kill Derek? Can she kill Derek? Can da 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 But it is very, very hard, you know, for women, you know, who have been through um, the and men, like, because, honey, <laughs> you know, that exists, too you know, abusive relationships, period. And we just have to be so careful with the way we do navigate with how we discuss. Um, But just listening to him yesterday, and I think you and I, Jai, talked about, like, what the fuck does he do? Like, what job? Like, what? there was such a hate. Like, he is a hater. You know, just just Mm -hmm. the fact that she has the ability a skill because truly that moment in her room last night if you didn't look at that moment and take your disdain or your um what's the word your um mis uh what is it misconceptions about what stripping is if you didn't see art 
you know, art and skill mm-hmm. and everything else, watching that, I can't help you. But it's the fact that people can look at her and see that and she can make money and it's the fact that he knows at any given time she would be okay without his motherfucking head. Any any given time, like, she can go. Like, if, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he knows, wow, she would be okay, you know? And it's very, very sad. It's, it's sad. But, um, but I guess we can discuss that dining situation because, Tia, you sent me a reply on Twitter that you thought that apology to Diamond was kind of what, half-assed? Or something? Yeah, that shit was trash. Like the whole, yeah. she didn't put like no thought into it. Like, and I don't know. Like, so Mississippi is always one of those characters. Mercedes is like this too, but it's like sometimes she's like smart as hell, like bright, intelligent stuff like that, and sometimes she's just dumb as fuck. Like, what happened in your mind that she was like? The last time I saw this dude, I pulled a gun out on him. But today, I'm going to pop up at the dollar store. He's going to be like, hey, Keyshawn. Like, what the fuck is happening in your mind? (laughs) And then when she's trying to apologize, she's, like, truly shocked that he's not, like, you know, apology accepted. Like, he's really, like, taking it back. What the hell is going on in your mind? So, yeah. Yeah. That's my thought. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think she didn't know yeah, what to say. I don't, know, I don't even I don't think know. she knew what she was doing in that moment. You know, so she tried to apologize, and, and you really, I don't think she even internalized it enough to give him a good excuse. So she's like, I just wanted to make it all stop. But it's like, you could have shot a warning shot in the air or something. Why, why, yeah. why are you pulling a gun at me and threatening me? You know, you yeah. know, things move so fast. And then when she tried to cop, please, like, well, do you know what would have happened if you shot Derek? Yeah, that nigga would be dead. The fuck you talking about right now? Right. And yeah. then I don't think it helped that when he said that Derek called him a gutter nigga, she went straight into defending Derek again. It, it just, mm-hmm. I was completely on yeah. Diamond's side. Yes, she did everything wrong here. Yeah. And then, you know, what was crazy to me was when he was like, where's your mask? And she was like, "Ah," and I was like, ain't it hanging up in her car? Did I, I was like, I could have sworn I saw that mask in the car. You know me. I was like, she could just go get it, but, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. To me, it just seemed like, I'm I'm kind of with y'all. Like she didn't know what to say, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, Derek's not there. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Derek's not there at the time, so you could have came up with a little bit more. Um, yeah, a, a a little bit more heartfelt apology. Um, a little bit more understanding that he is not going to be the diamond who held the door open for you, who put the necklace on you, who treated you like a princess, who, like, that's not the diamond you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? 
Like right. that's that's not mm-hmm. that's not the same man. That's not the protector. Like he was your protector, but once you put a gun, once you you know, like no, he doesn't become your protector anymore. You know, so um, so but but I understand that's a lot to you know process that reaction, but you know, it is what it is. Um, okay. So, Ja, speaking of Mississippi, though, Ja brought up something that Mm -hmm. was so hilarious to me. She said, how did Wody know that people were slobbing (laughs) on their phones? (laughs) She said, said, how did did Wody know that that people were slobbing on their phones for weeks? Like, he had to be looking at... He got his OnlyFans subscription on deck. He like, man... It's, yeah, it's quarantine. Yeah. Keyshawn been on yeah, that phone. Yeah, he had to be looking. And uh, he was. And he knew everything about her on. endorsements and stuff. I'm like, you mm-hmm. know a whole lot about what's going on with Keyshawn for you not to be her yeah. manager. <laughs> right. Now, I'm you know maybe him and Rome was having some conversations, but. I definitely right. think he was one of them uh, in the house board niggas slobbing into their phone. Uh-huh. Uh, he was. God knows what else. <laughs> he wasn't making no moves. He wasn't making no moves for murder. He wasn't making no 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 moves for murder. But he was making sure he keep up with with uh with Keyshawn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. Let me see. Okay. So. Let's discuss real quick how, because this is what I was wondering. So, Brittany, so Brittany going through it, pandemic. Andre, they did a great job because let's be real, so many people, honey. I mean, besides the people who were had, had no choice but to go to work, but so many people, of course, became remote, had to work remotely or a lot of people got laid off. And so, of course, you end up sweat, video games, podcasts, D-Nice was on, because, hey, when I got home from work, I know I would be all up in the chat with DJ D-Nice. A lot of celebrities ended up, you know, remember that? That quarantine mm-hmm. that he used to do on IG Live. Um, but with Andre... I was like, was he, I know he's a lawyer, and did they show, did he have any business in Atlanta? Like, I just did not get any kind of, um, they never showed that side of him, right? Like, they never showed, they just said, they just said he's a lawyer, that's it. But we never saw any kind of, okay. Because I was like, well, he said okay. promise land know, fired like, You could still work. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. He said, I was just so like, he okay, was predominantly for promise kinda... land. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. with promise land not doing anything, then he was just at home. Okay. I was just like, baby, now you can still be. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no added. I think somebody brought up how they would have, like, yanked their phones, like, you know, had some kind of explanation or something for Haley um, being able to just text and then, 
But I honestly, I don't even think. Do y'all think that Brittany was having an affair like that whole time? Or was it, you know, Andre being gone and her being lonely? Do y'all think that was something she was doing like the whole time? When y'all think that affair started? Andre wasn't even gone that long. Right. Right. He really wasn't. You know what I'm saying? She was like, oh, uh-huh. you are here, and da 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 um, He went yeah. to a funeral. He was in Chuckalisa a couple of weeks. Your hot ass couldn't contain yourself <laughs> for a couple of weeks, baby girl. You well, know, so I feel like that separation, like she's been in the basement, he's been in the house. She been, Like she said, well, me and God say we've been around each other. I think at, at bare minimum, her and Dante was, teasing it, quarantine, working the long hours together, mm-hmm. and her feeling like mm-hmm. she couldn't mm-hmm. risk getting Andre sick. So mm-hmm. now Andre gone for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks, and she like, yeah, come on over to the crib. Cause... Because that was her first love, right? That's who her family wanted her to marry, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we learned in 209 or, two. I mean, in 210. That was, the, okay, okay, yeah. So who knows, mm-hmm. yeah. They have met. Um, um, something I wanted to bring up with you guys. When Sadie's, by the way, I thought she was really fucking somebody, y'all. I really, really did. Because she was, she <laughs> okay, was going, she was she was going to town, baby. Mm-hmm. She, was, she obviously hit the hot spot off top, okay? Um, but something she said, she said as soon as Maine get out, she was going to get him some, right? She was going to yep. get him some, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, he get out. The opportunity presented itself. She didn't get made nothing. So, right. You know, but the Ferris situation happened. So that is why I think we discussed this, right? Like, we were like, that ain't what I want. So I think that's what kind of made me at that moment feel like, okay, so is it fairer? Is it like, because she was ready. She was yep. like, as soon as man get out, I'm I'm getting him. So then when she rejected him, I thought it was because of Farrah, but then when Farrah was like, okay, we're going to do that again, it was like, no, that's just for business. So I know it's not the episode we're talking about, but I mean, you know, kind of. So I really want to know what y'all think. Like, um, I will say that's that's kind of where my confusion came in about what the show wanted me to feel about Mercedes Ira because mm-hmm. I I assumed that Mercedes actually liked Sarah because she didn't jump mm-hmm. Maine. Maine was I mean Maine when he offered it was at the wrong time. You know, she she was looking mm-hmm. for some sympathy there and he was looking mm-hmm. for sex. But mm-hmm. I thought the thing that she was looking for was Farah. So I'm still mm-hmm. confused about that. I don't I don't know I know I don't want her with Maine, but I don't know if I was supposed Ooh. to like her with Farah or not. Oh thanks. Mm I don't like Maine. Yeah. Yeah. That just made me feel a certain type of way when she said that, but I didn't remember until we rewatched that. You know what I'm saying? Until we mm-hmm. rewatched it last night. I was like, Wait, she said 
and she ready to hop on his dick when he get out of jail. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, I'm more with you when you said that when we talked about it. Because mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh, okay, Tanika. But then after that I was like, wait, I'm kind of on Tanika's side with the little confused part. Okay. So does anybody else want to discuss anything about the episode before we open up the phone lines? I'd like to get into, um, I think you brushed over it earlier a little bit, but I wanted to go back to the scene with Lil Marta and uh, DJ Never Scared in the kitchen. Um, oh, bitch, yeah, I like that. Go ahead. Yeah, so I like um, the myriad of things that we saw um, about Lil Marta's feelings for Uncle Clifford and you know, they're in there, they're making the music, and he references the 27th thought, you know, mm-hmm. which reminds him that she's, like you said, she's always on his mind. Her wisdom is always in his mind. And so they, they play the song, which was a banger. I love it. I, I listen to that mm-hmm. daily. Um, but he goes to text, and we can visibly see that he's um, emotional over the fact, because not only does he read the text, go check the text that he sent earlier that day, but he, he goes through the phone and looks at the past messages that she hasn't responded to, and he, mm-hmm. he's upset. He throws the phone. But how quickly, soon as Never Scared is like, you talk to Uncle Cliff, that energy shift was so harsh, so mm-hmm. quick, so mm-hmm fuck that nigga be talking to me for? Like, uh, two seconds ago, you were hoping that nigga be talking to you. What's he talking about? But I, I love how it shows um, the reality for a lot of um, DL men or of that mm-hmm. a lot of the men who are extremely aggressive towards any hint are usually the men who are actually like, sometimes they used to think it was more of a joke, but people would say, oh, you don't like gay people because you're really gay. But um, I find through another great show, Glee, and now this one, that that's obviously, like, a real thing for some. Like, they are struggling and stre- so much with their sexuality, but also so much with their acceptance and so much that they almost feel guilty for their true feelings so that when any of the slightest, like, you – DJ Never Scared knows him from the club. DJ, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a, a safe mm-hmm. environment, right. DJ Never Scared. This ain't one of his homeboys. This ain't somebody mm-hmm. at the grocery store. This Never Scared. You know You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. flipped so quick. You know, and I thought that was very brilliant. I mean, of course, we, you know, of course my anger was like, you know, sometimes I wish my sis had disrespect him so hard in, in uh, 108 <laughs> because Ooh. He, he deserves it. Yeah. The way that he flipped, like, you just probably was thinking about how you wish my balls were in your mouth, but now you're going to flip that fast and be like, <laughs> what the fuck you be talking to me for? <laughs> Come on, yeah. get it together. Um, you know? Yeah, and I think too, with murder, he is someone that has 
a very big ego. And the mm-hmm. first time he met Cliff, he was like, I body them all, baby. And, you know, just the idea of rejection, like any man, it's hard, right? Rejection is very hard. Mm-hmm. And for Cliff, for five months to read all these messages, you reading them. There's not like somebody, I mean, you ignoring, but to read and not respond? Girl. <laughs> I mean, it's like, do y'all understand how fucked up that is for somebody to read your message and just don't respond? I would throw my fucking phone too, you know. And if someone with a big, someone with a big ego like murder, like you really gonna? Yeah, I'm asking you, you coming out? You and then he asked him, where you at, nigga? Where you at? Like he still like home or the paint? Home or the paint? <laughs> like why are you asking? Yeah. Him, where are you at? Like, and it's funny because he would never attempt to go there. That's the funny part to me. Like, you didn't attempt to go to those places. Like, you just said, where you at, nigga? Like, checking the temperature. Where you at, nigga? He read it, don't answer. I have so many. I have so many opinions on this scene. One, so we talked about this, I think it was Jaws post, I can't remember, but on the timeline today, I always love the fact that she never responded because as women, we don't always do that. Like a lot of mm-hmm. times, like all of us be like, we would have folded this, this, and the third. But I love the fact, like there was a question earlier this week um, where it was like, oh, I think uh, Lex posted it. How do you know if you are either Jay or Lex, one or two, or they might be the same person. Anywho, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if they are. raised by <laughs> love. I'm, like, I'm sure they're the same person. How do you know if you're raised by love or survival? And I think what we see here is Ankh was raised in love from his mother to his grandmother to most of the people in his her. inner, in, I'm sorry, in her inner circle were like totally from the moment she came out, it was like total acceptance so there's a complete self-love there's a complete you're not just going to do me any kind of way whereas and i hate to say this like this but with teak you don't have and probably the other dudes that murder has messed with you don't have that self-love self-acceptance so murder said i'm sorry teak was like you forgiven Unc was like, no, nah, you going on ice on me. Like, it, it, you, this, you did too much, and you not coming hard enough for me. And like Koji said, we didn't get no flowers to the house, no mm-hmm. gifts, what? no that nothing. <laughs> it's just BS-ass text, and you just saying anything. You act like I adjusted your wig and, and smashed your grandma. Mm-hmm. How, how did you even get there, my nigga? <laughs> like, what are you talking about right now? So, <laughs> I always love the fact that she just, she actually read them and ignored them, because I would have had to block him. Not just because 
you playing on my phone. But the way that she that they cared about each other, I, I would have folded after a dude was texting me for five months straight with like, you know how persistent murder is. It's no relenting. It's no nothing. It's just literally like it looked like he was texting her like every day. Like so I love the fact that she put him on ice. And had, no, it wasn't, even when he came to the house, she didn't, like, she was, like, totally within herself. He had to come all the way correct for her to even consider it. The thing for me is him coming to that door was the first time he was serious. Because if you look at these messages, it's all foolishness. Um, <laughs> after, when, when, when he came in that room on murder night, she said, you got exactly what you want. She thought she had got played. Mm. And from reading these text messages, why would she think anything different? He started off right with that <gasps> first Yeah, bitch, 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 pause, pause, pause. J. Alphonse Nicholson is on the motherfucking line, bitch. What? <laughs> Hold on. Welcome, welcome. Yo, yo, what's um, up, good Mr. people? Is this Mr. Alphonse what's up? on the motherfucking line? Hey, this line? is Jay hey. Alphonse uh, Nicholson, <laughs> a.k.a. Lil Murder from your favorite TV show, Pete Valley. What's up? Hey. 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 How y'all feeling? Pretty good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Ain't, ain't no doubt. Shout out to my pretty baby for letting me know. She was like, yo, they on the line, baby. You got to jump on the radio real quick. Stay with us. How y'all feeling? <laughs> hey, y'all. Thank, Thank you, Pete. We sound good. See y'all here, too. He was um we hey, recently we, we, Hey y'all. So we didn't um watch we were what were you doing, baby? You was watching boxing. Something. When they were watching they were watching Pussyland together on the re re rewatch. Oh, but okay. we watched it recently and he was telling me a story about himself acting and I was like, I really think that you know, they would like to hear this story. I think you should hop on during the rewatch and tell them. And so we planned on it, but then you was watching boxing for like a thousand hours. It was something I was watching. I was watching boxing oh for sure. God. It was crazy. But he's, but I uh, think he uh, tell you that. You remember? But y'all sitting here, I know yeah. y'all sitting here um, talking about a little mercy. It made me, but the other day, yeah, we was watching, I think, an episode of Pussy Island, or maybe Pussy Land. Pussy Land, yeah. And it's uh, the first, yeah. first episode 201, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was telling. Now, Fisha, I was like, yo, you know, the first scene I shot for season two was the uh, funeral home scene with Wody. When I come in, I'm looking for him in the funeral home. And I remember I had been away from Lil' Murder for a little bit, and so I was trying to find him, you know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, what the fuck is Lil' Murder? Like, I was just trying to find his voice again, his swag, everything about him. And uh, it took me a couple takes. But I remember when I finally got in, the, you know, majority of the takes that they used for the for the episode, Katori is in the background. I'm like, there you go. There you go, murder. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. You know, I was thinking, I was like, you know, what happens, you know, in the hiatus, right? What happens between the time when we yeah. leave season two and getting ready for season three. Um, but I just remember it took me a minute to kind of find all those little nuances again and then, you know, obviously creating some of the new parts of him that we had to find. But uh, Pretty Baby, my baby, was like, yeah, you got to hop on here and uh, tell them that story. I think they would like that. And plus, I just want to tell y'all thank you for all the love that y'all show, man. It's super consistent. and uh, Yeah, it's just dope. And so anytime I get to reciprocate that, I want to. Oh, 
all. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, we were just talking about how little Murder sending these texts, child, and, and Cliff ain't answering. Cliff is not mm-hmm. answering. That was a mess. She ain't answering none of them. I just love how we do the text. You know, a lot of shows do the text thing, and you see the text, but I feel like P-Valley has a really unique way of doing it, and it's dope. You know what I'm saying? You got that, that, that pink, that uh, P-Valley tank on there. And then just yes, the way we show yeah. the messages, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it was, it's dope for people to kind of get that inside scoop. And then I know people be pausing it to read the, uh, <laughs> to read the text messages. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know all them messages. We know what all them messages say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we paused it one time. What's up? Alphonse, let me ask you, so was it you that suggested to bring out the bucket? Um, it was a combination. It was a co- yeah, it was a collaboration. You know, I think Katori knew, you know, obviously that I was a street drummer for many years. You know, uh, I met Katori mm-hmm. in New York. And so I think she was just like, yo, what happens if Lil Murder starts to, like, you know, work on some of his own songs, like produce some of his own shit? I said, yo, that would be fire. I was like, of course. I think we should pull out the bucket. You know what I'm saying? I think she was, we both was like, it was <laughs> kind of simultaneously one of those things. And then... Mm-hmm. How we did it, you know, was just me kind of bringing, I think somebody, one of you all posted a video the other day of me kind of just testing out the room, how we wanted it to sound, and then eventually it was like, okay, cool, we're going to use one bucket, one pan, and the pan that I used was actually the same pan that I've been using, you know, the entire time I've been street drumming. It's a pan that I don't have for like seven, eight years. I got it from my mom's crib years ago, so it's probably been about 10 years now, actually. Really? Um, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe, I would say about seven years, yeah. So the same pan that I was using in the streets, uh, making a living on, I ended up being able to bring it on that set. And it was, it was super nostalgic, brought the ancestors into the room with it. But, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, a, it was a true collaboration, but Katori definitely made that happen for me. Man, that I love how they really used your skills in the scene. I think everybody appreciated that. Like that was really, really great. That was great. No, no, it was fun. It was fun. I think my sister she was super excited about it when I told her. Right. And, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah. love Fisha. We love Fisha. Oh, that's, man, we love her. She's a fool, man. She's a fool for real, she man. I, I, I be, I be like, she be cutting up out here on these Twitter streets, man, with y'all. But I, I, I love it. She's, um, you know, she's kind of really not one of those people that likes a whole lot of attention. Um, but it's dope that she has that presence on Twitter and then how y'all accept her. I ain't going to hold y'all. When everybody first started being like, our oh, pretty baby, I'm like, hold up, man, wait a second. Right. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? I, uh, I, got another, I got another nickname for her that y'all would never know. So it's all good, you know? Right. You got to keep something mm-hmm. for yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Keep something for yourself. Yeah. But thank you for sharing her with us. Her amazing spirit. Nah, it ain't no problem, man. Thank Thank y'all. Yeah, no problem. We just like good energy. We appreciate you. Right. It really um, means a lot. Like in the um, in the space of this show, and all that it is and means to us individually in our lives um, as a couple. Um, as advocates, as allies, 
it means so much, and it feels like a show of love. That's what it feels like. You know, we love Katori. We love everything that she comes up with. We love this story and the opportunities in this story and that come from this story. And so to feel all of this love around it but then get so much negativity from something that's full of love is just really difficult. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like we ignore it for the most part, like 98% Mm -hmm. of the time we ignore it. But I feel like season two is where we really got to experience some, like, love from the outside of our own families and friends in regards to the show. Right. And that, you know, was spearheaded by you all, I think, of just mm-hmm. being more accepting and loving of us as people and not questioning us mm-hmm. and our sexualities mm-hmm. or what's real and what's not and just seeing genuine people because that's all we are is just genuine regular people i mean we're doing laundry right now we're putting clothes on hangers and about to take our daughters (laughs) and you know like we're we're not in no crazy stuff and so for people to just see us and me but to just see us Mm -hmm. it means a lot so um thank you for all that you guys do and for you know letting us come in and talk to you for a second. Because like I said, I, I thought when he said it, I was like, that story is so cute. You should tell somebody. So, oh, even for this yeah, space to tell it, you know. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Aww. You're welcome. You know, I always express, well, we always express how much we love and support. And, you know, we ride or die, too, right, T-shirt. Like, you know, we try. We try <laughs> to be as positive as possible. But yeah, no, I appreciate all the love, man. Like I said, it's always going to be those kind of um, ups and downs of the situation and, um, yeah. you know, learning how to, learning how to navigate those things. But for me, you know, it's, it's been a certain group, uh, just a large group actually of since season one yeah. that really embraced little murder and everything about them. And then obviously you're going to have another mm-hmm. group that may not, totally agree with everything mm-hmm. so um you know we just keep pushing through keep telling the great stories oh, yeah. keep being um mm-hmm. professional about it and um just knowing mm-hmm. that it's all gonna work out you know the way it's supposed to yeah. so y'all keep feel like nafisha said man y'all keep spearheading that love keep being light in people's lives i feel yeah. like a little saying i got there don't be no dark spot in people's life you know mm-hmm. if you can be light yeah amen easy sort of light to follow you know so Indeed. Yeah, but I, I retweeted everything. I let people know that we up on here. <laughs> Tell them to tap in with yes. y'all. So y'all doing this every Sunday? Yep, every Sunday. <laughs> every Sunday. Yep. But we are going on a brief hiatus for Christmas Day and New Year's Day um, to recharge and allow everybody to get with their families. But then we right back at it like a crack at it. Um, that following <laughs> Sunday. So yeah. we re re rewatch on Saturday night, um, eleven central, midnight eastern, and then on Sunday we'll be here to go ahead and discuss and break down and get into the, the rewatch episode. So actually when we return, we usually vote, but when we return, we will be um just going in order from one oh one straight through and um and we'll be here. 
So absolutely, thank up, you for sharing. <laughs> no, ain't no problem. We'll definitely have to jump on a couple of those then just to say, you know, break some stuff down <clears throat> and then continue yeah. supporting y'all the way y'all support us. And then season three, man, we kind of just make it a thing, you know, after the episode, hop yeah. on the radio with y'all okay. for a little bit and chop it up. Yep. That and, is absolutely um, kind of yes. plan for us to continue. Mm-hmm. Man, That's so much love. Thank you so much for the support. Nah, ain't no problem. Thank well, y'all you. stay y'all stay diligent to y'all purpose and everything that y'all doing, man. Whether it's supporting the Pink Posse or just whatever you got going on in your individual lives. I uh, hope I'm a living representation of like that steady grind, as I like to say. You know, a couple years mm-hmm. ago, yes. um, life wasn't as uh, convenient as I like to say. It's never like super easy or anything like that, but it gets more convenient and you get more comfortable with dealing with the day-to-day, even the new things that you got to go through. So, um, yeah, y'all keep being dope, man. Keep being bright. We're about to step out of here for a minute. Um, Okay. Thank you, guys. Okay. Okay. Thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. And all the love, Fisha and Alphonse. Thank y'all. Have a great week. Y'all have a great week. We'll talk to y'all soon. You too. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Okay. Bye. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yo. Yo. (laughs) Yo. I don't know if wow. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you know, we were trying uh, to keep shout out to us for keeping so it real we professional because I know we were going to stand her on heart. <laughs> so we were just talking about the text messages and then I didn't want to answer. Who was talking? And I was like, yo, uh-uh, uh-uh, shut up, shut up. No, 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 no. I was talking. Because, no, it was I. Yeah. Wait. No, Tamika, wait, because I saw one 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 number and I said, mm-hmm. Oh uh uh-uh, uh, not the scam likely calls on the radio. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> not the scam You know what I'm saying, y'all, you know them scam likely, right? So mm-hmm. I was just like, Okay, well baby, I don't know what that number is, right? So then I looked at my Twitter. And he was like, you know, his favorite gift. You know, the one with murder coming out the, the Hummer. Yep, I see he, it right yeah. now. Uh, he, yeah, he was like, I'm on the line. What's up? I said, oh, baby, pause everything. Pause, <laughs> pause for the cause, baby. I wonder pause, if he was on when I was talking about pause. murder sex. Hello. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm glad I'm on before I got started. I'm so glad. <laughs> Look, look, Tanika, see, 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 we, we, hello, we were on the perfect, perfect point, and yep. we wouldn't even, we right? wouldn't even go there. Thank you. Hello. See, the spirit we were on the had perfect brought, part. the spirit had brought us to the right place and time yep. for that conversation, for that call. Yes, Shout the spirit, the spirit, spirit went, the spirit like, said, uh, 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 yes, yes. It's so, a curve that man, special. Absolutely. Right? So, man, special, special, special. Thank you. Thank you to J. Alphonse Nicholson, a.k.a. Lil Murder. Y'all, y'all saw he did his little intro. Um, uh, big Murder. Big Murder. So, mm-hmm. big, big Murder. Big Murder. I forgot. Big Murder. Big Murder. 
Um, thank you for calling in, and thank you for my sweet Isha. Like, love her, love her. Yes. She is just our sweet she baby. Is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but thank y'all, thank y'all. You know what? See, Tia, you cutting up, okay? But um, I appreciate y'all for calling in, showing us love. Exactly, I love what he said about us really showing love because that's what we really, really try to do. Like, we wanted – the whole purpose of this show was to infuse love into the fandom, give you guys a platform to express yourselves vocally because a lot of times when we're on Twitter, that is just simply text, right, basically. So with this platform, it gives us a chance to all express ourselves and expand our thoughts. And so the fact that he is saying for season three that this show can be a thing where they come on and break down the episode, like what? Like, what? That was, I think that's it's amazing. such a testament to us and how, like, well, I wasn't here at the very, very beginning. I think I came in like a week or two later um, of the rewatches. But, you know, in the beginning, those polls was like 10 votes, 7 votes, 13 votes. Yeah. And we were popping every week like, hey, y'all, we rewatching. It's about to be lit. And then all of a sudden, people was like, I think Valley trending. What's happening? Did they start again? And then the poll went from like 13 votes to like 50 votes. I think the one right after people really started noticing was like 108 votes. And I was like, wait a Mississippi minute. Where did all these people come from? And we just kept plugging along with the support. Yep. Mhm. I always laugh because I was like, here I was just on Twitter, minding my business, tweeting out into the world, and the family comes along, and it just built so organically and so naturally, and it was amazing to find other people who felt so deeply and so uh, strongly about it and so connected that we were able to form that natural cohesion all the way to where we are now, um, operating as a, as a, as a family, like we care for each other. We check in on each other. We check in on the stars. We're proud of them, the, the cast and the crew. Um, it's something really special about this show and the love just grasps all who are in need of that love. And it's such a beautiful thing. I'm just really glad to be here. And I just want to thank all of you all for embracing me because, you know, I'm a little bit off sometimes, but y'all love me just the same, and I love y'all too. So I'm so proud of us, y'all. Love you. That's it. <laughs> I really am proud of love us too. You. This is freaking amazing. I'm so proud. Yeah, I'm so proud of us, girls. I really, really am, and I say that all the time. Um, so, I mean, wow. Okay. <laughs> So we have a caller on the line. Girl, I know, baby. I'm sweating, okay? Um, turn this fan on because I'm like my, phone, my my laptop froze in the middle of the um, call with Alphonse and Fisha. Girl, my nerves got bad, okay? The thing oh, no. overheated. Yes, girl, remember it happened last show, right? Mm-hmm. And, girl, I was freaking out. I was like, oh, Lord, girl, my glasses started sweating and fogging. I said, Lord Jesus, don't let this phone hang up on Alphonse and Fisha. 
So then I said, okay, let me log in on my cell. So that's how I'm controlling the switchboard now, girl. I had to hurry up and get it together. So, okay. I always pull through. Let's, Good job. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Thank you. I, I couldn't mess it up. All right. So we have a caller. Um, I'm fixing to pick up. I don't know who it is. Let's see. So we're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines <laughs> again. Uh, guest call in is 515-602-9773, Um, Please navigate the uh, chat room, girls. Like, yeah, I can't – it's not moving on my laptop anymore. Um, is it still going? Yeah, the, the chat's chat? fine. Yep. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Thank you all so much. All right, so let me answer. Okay, eight five calling. Who is this? Hi, my name's Kavinia. Hey. 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 Is this is uh, this your is this your first time I calling? Love the show. I'm, yes, it is. Oh. Oh, thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> what were you? Saying? I just wanted to say that I love the show. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. What no was it? Did you get to rewatch with us? Last no, time? I didn't get to rewatch. I'm sorry that I didn't get the chance to do it. I've been so busy, but I really love the show. That's all right. Okay. Thank you. Thank no you. Problem. Thank you for your long support, Colony. Oh, she hung up. Oh, okay. she just wanted to come in and show some love. Oh. That's beautiful. Thank she just you wanted so to call. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was sweet. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, so if anybody has thoughts on the episode, give us a call at 515-602-9773. Kendra, I did see before Alphonse and Feature called in that you had an experience. Ma'am, if you want to share that, please feel free to call us because I'm so interested. Did y'all see that, that Kendra posted? Which discussion, I think, job when you were talking about um, the complications of a DL guy and their reaction, like the DJ never scared his reaction to when he said, have you talked to Uncle Clifford? Yeah. Uh, Kendra said her ex was a DL. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 So I wanted to, yes. So I wanted to talk about that. But anyway. So, did y'all have anything? <laughs> well, I'll give a count. Okay, so I was in high school. I, too, dated someone that was DL. But Ooh. it was more, right. So, but this is high school, so I'm going to give him, you know, a break. This is high school, south side of Chicago. I went to one of the most violent, kind of worst schools in Chicago at the time. So, I kind of understand mm-hmm the need or maybe even just, um, <clears throat> pardon me, the just not even feeling safe in general, let alone safe in your sexuality. But I dated this guy, and um, he, you know, by that time I was, you know, sexually active, you know, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But he was really, like, he seemed nervous. Like, he liked to kiss, but he was, like, one time we were alone, he was, like, on the other, like, my sister's bed in the room. I said, you don't want to sit next to me? And he was like, no, I'm fine from here. I can see the TV. TV dead in front of my bed. 
see nothing from over there. But he was real cautious. And I never really thought much about it, except um, he, used to re- he used to read people. Like, you know, like, talking about talk, doing a dozens and talking stuff. And one of his best friends was, like, very obviously gay and, and things of that nature. But I never thought nothing. But his cousin came up to me one day, and he said, you should be with me. And I said, no, you know, I like, you know, I won't say his name. I like him. And he said, he said, you know, his name, he's scared of pussy. You you need to be with me. And I didn't see it initially. So I was like, you know, that's okay. You know, we're in high school. <laughs> My naive self. We're in high school. You know, we don't got to be overly trying to get it. And it was like, it wasn't until years later. That one day I just happened to be on the bus. This is on four, you know, this is way after high school, and I see him and his friends get on the bus, you know, and and not to be stereotypical or anything. This is not to make fun of anybody, but it was a lot of yes, girl, yes, bitch, you know, snaps, and he, and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, he he wasn't scared of it. It just wasn't his cup of tea, you know, and, right. and everybody was like, yeah, he was gay, you know, so. Um, I think especially in situations where gangs are heavily prevalent everywhere, like we lived in a neighborhood mm-hmm. with one gang and our neighborhood school was the opposite gang. They're already shooting you for just if you're not wearing the same color, if you're not, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing this and that and the other, let alone they, you know, and, and they're already very much, the homophobia is already so strong. And this is like mm-hmm. the 90s. So you know how strong homophobia is was running rampant everywhere in the nineties. Like there was mm-hmm. not too many people who were willing to be bold. So and you're in high school. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was a great kisser though. Shout out to him. Uh, unfortunate. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> was a, well, we appreciate that great great kisser. Um, I did want to cause you said that and I forgot about this moment. So somebody brought up that Jericho is Murda's biggest fan or something. Um, yeah, and it was so Murda. random that. Yeah, it was so random that Jericho rolled by the house, rolled by the HVH hood to throw up his sign and ask him if he was putting out any more music. You got Pico Haymass in the back. I don't know who was driving. And then Jericho went to Memphis, him and Pico, to see Murder perform. I remember in 209, and they was looking at murder going into the club with Tina, and Jericho was like, he didn't claim it. Because I really don't think he wanted, he don't want murder to get killed. He want new music, you know? Right. Yep. Um, right? Think, like, I think ahead, Jericho please. is going to be like the voice of reason or the truce maker mm-hmm. next season when we do get that HBH CFC gang war. Because, like like you said, he's, like, the whole, every time we've seen him, he's all, like, from when um, him and Pico was in Memphis in the bar to Mm -hmm. him driving by Mm -hmm. the house to the scene you just talked about where he was, like, but he ain't claiming it. Like, we always see him going hard for murder. Like, and he's totally, like, I don't care about these colors. He's putting Chuckalisa on the map, and I'm going to get behind him while he's putting Chuckalisa on the map. So I think he's going to be key to – I think that the HVH-CFC gang war is going to go up in season three, but I think he's either going to warn murder and, like, prevent murder from getting hurt or killed or some way, shape, or yeah. form – Kind of 
put the gang war like into perspective or help them call a truce or something. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Um, I was like, that's crazy. And it, and Maine is the one. And if you notice, too, because I still think it's funny that Maine talked all at the Centoya after the club. Um, like when she's crying, nine centimeters violated and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, this is, this is up. But then he's still front row, come back to the murder concert. You know, but Jericho right. is just like he just seems like the person, like you said, the peacemaker, the very, you know, his name in general, like Jericho, you know. So I mm-hmm. think you are right about that, that he may be the person to, and I wonder if there's just some connection there, too, because he really does, he seems to really like murder. So that, that's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think, DJ, about DJ Never Scared next season? Do y'all think, I mean, like, is he going to, because how, how old did he say he was? 14? 15? 15 or something like that? 15 in season one. So we imagine he's around 16 for season two. Like I wonder if they're going to bring in a new producer or, or like, you know, something or if he's just going to keep rolling with DJ Never Scared or you know I want to see a little tension there too like you know because I already feel like because Never Scared wasn't at the Juja he wasn't at that party right he wasn't at what party he which party? party he wasn't, oh, at, the, he wasn't party. at the, the um, he was probably ball, on right? the tour Wally wasn't at they was probably hip and well. He was probably oh, on the tour bus, and Murder probably was right. like, "I'll be right back," and then you know didn't come back. Girl, Lord Jesus Christ! I think Wody and DJ never scared on two bus, and then Murder said he's gonna be back, and he don't never come back. <laughs> Wody gonna be pissed. Yeah, Daddy, please tell me that ain't how that went. It's probably exactly how it went. <laughs> now you know that's exactly Can how it go? went. Hmm. Hey, y'all, y'all, Murder ain't did it like that, did he? Uh, yeah, he did. He didn't tell he nobody where he was going. going. Have you met Lil Murder? Where he was going. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> what happened. Um, Koji, Koji, I think you might be having a problem with the phone line. Kendra says she's trying to call in, but busy. I know you can't see the chat. But easy girl. Wait, let me refresh. Um Ooh, awesome. Kendra, you can talk. Call in again. So do you guys while she's waiting to get Kendra? I don't know why it's busy. Do you guys think that so while you're waiting to get Kendra on the line, do you think that Murda's going to try to put his own tour together, like you said? And do you think Wody um, and then will be on board? Because I still, like, I, I think Tanika just said, she thinks Wody is going to be pissed. And I, I believe so, too. Like, I feel like this is going to be a lot for Wody. But do you think that they'll still be able to keep the band together and push forward as a group? I, I think so. Um, I think Wody was for real when he said his loyalty is completely to murder. So I think once he 
over being pissed, he'll put the tour together and make sure Murder's um, career gets back on the right track. But I think it's going to be some ep- a couple of episodes, two, three episodes where there's tension. And I think maybe the tension with Wody and Cliff is going to extend a little further than the, the tension with Wody and um, with Murder. I think they'll figure their stuff out quickly, and Wody will have to come around on the Clifford stuff. Okay. This is a drama, so it's definitely going to be some static because, like, Wody murked a whole dude to protect Murder Secret. Right. And then he just Mm -hmm. popped out. Like, I'm sure Wody's going to feel some kind of way. I know I would. Uh, Kendra yeah. said the line is still busy, Koji. I don't know why it's busy. Ooh, Big Murder came online and said <laughs> the whole thing is just over. Okay, Corbin, we didn't talk about Corbin showing up 
at Koji. Andre's house. Oh, yeah. What? Um, check your the, the the DM because um, Tia put Kendra's uh, Gmail in there, so you can send her a, a host link so she can direct connect. She's doing it through the phone line. Oh. Send her a co-host okay, link, okay. and she can just connect to that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, so okay. Um, okay, so I caught something yesterday that may be very inconsequential, okay. but it stood out. So let's go back to, so for a brief second, I'm going to reference episode 205. Wait, give me a second. Yes, 205. So remember at the end of Wody's, uh great monologue where uh, he is just slowly watching um, Rome go to his demise. And mm-hmm. once he knows he's, you know, just about ready to fight the death, he says, night, night, nigga. And, mm-hmm. and blink. Yeah, no, he winks, right? So, last night we were watching, like I said, this may be very inconsequential, but it jumped out to me. We were watching Andre's at the house um, everyone's leaving, and one of Tydell's children, you know, he hears a gunshot in the in the distance, and he said, what was that? And he said, oh, you know, AR-15 making that uh, sweet midnight music or something like that. Oh, yeah. And he, he's getting ready to leave, and he says, night-night, nigga, and walks off. Right? right? I didn't know that. Like, yeah, when he leaves, he says, night-night, nigga. When he's leaving with Patavius, he got the baby in his hand, and he's about to go mm-hmm. put Patavius in the car seat. And I was like, oh, is this a is this a tell? Is this a seed? Is this a something we can foreshadowing, Or is this a, a little foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. Is this a, you know, or is it just really a coincidence, you know? That's dumb. I said, oh, I don't think Katori does anything as coincidence. So. Mm-hmm. I don't right? know. Oh, you think one of them kids gonna be mad that Andre got the Ooh. They should be. They they were already back from, uh, mad, right? Cause they was they was throwing elbows and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bumping no, him. No, didn't one of them say? Didn't one of them say move, nigga? Did mm-hmm. They was mad when he got that house. Yeah. Which is why I personally, my theory about Tydell is is not that Uncle Clifford might be um, his child, but that Andre might actually be Tydell's yep. son. I think that too. Tydell's grandson. Yes. That's his grandson, not, girl. Girl, you and his grandson? Did you? <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Because, you know, I always had that thought that he was his real father. I have a friend, and I won't mention names because I do not have permission to necessarily, you know, tell her story. But she found out as an adult that her uncle was actually her father. And it caused a lot of tension um, in the family. And I think we've heard stories like that before where there was some infidelity but in order to keep the family business business or to, you know, keep people from feelings getting hurt, you know, you just go along because Tydell is very, um, he, he was very interested in Andre's future. 
he was very invested in making sure that he had self-worth. Um, and then above all of his children, he's got six children. He leaves his home to Andre. And so it's like, I feel like it's a little deeper than just just my godson when you have children. You know, like if, right. if you were like a, a childless man leaving your home to your godchild makes all the sense in the world. You got six children, and you leave your home to your God. <clears throat> well, I still say, when I say there's no coincidences on this show, the thing that still sticks mm-hmm. out to me is, you know, at at that repast, when when Wayne Kyle walks up and all of the older boys, all five of the boys are standing there, Andre is standing there, and Clifford is standing there on the side. He says, I want to offer my condolences on the loss of your father. And he's looking at all all of them, all seven of them standing right there. To me, mm-hmm. I mean, that tells me everything I know, I want to know. Uh, Katori doesn't do anything by accident. So I'm convinced that both Andre and Clifford are Tidell's two oldest children. Ooh, that would be for mess. Wait a minute, what? Cliff and who? Andre. Mm. Okay. But Cozy says she thinks that Tydell is Andre's grandfather. <laughs> can you can you elaborate on that? Them ages ain't. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Don't do me. Don't do me because I already told you that Andre is about 32 years old, 32, 33. Tydell, I feel like, is... um. My mom's age, which is 68, so late 60s. Um, my mom has a son that's 21 years old. She has a grandchild that is 30. So, I mean, if you want to make Andre, like, early 30s, and that's his daddy, like, but that's I have a child friend who's like forty, and her mother is seventy something. So that's not, you know, some people do. Yeah, but I don't think, but I don't think children. Andre is forty something. No, but I'm just using this as an example of the age difference. Yeah, yeah, but I, I know, but I don't. I mean, think about it. Mama had season when had you know when she was forty seven years old. So I'm not tripping on the age difference. I, Trust me, we were embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? I don't want a 21 year old brother. Trust me. Um, but, but I don't know. I just, you know, but I my stuff don't make sense anyway. So I'm sure that's probably his son, and you know, well, anything yeah, could be anything. That's his I mean, son. yeah, that's probably his son, and Cliff is his. But that's just something I don't know. Like it's so weird. It's just so weird. Like Cliff. Okay, Beulah is Cliff's mama. So we're thinking mm-hmm. that Beulah and Tydell. Like, how old is Beulah? Beulah was born, ooh, 19, oh, let me look it up. Hold on, because I can't remember yeah, I off the we, top of my head. It's on the tombstone. I think we've talked yeah. about this before in this exact conversation mm-hmm. on the timeline. I think she was 16 yeah. when Cliff was born. Yeah. So 16, I, right? um, I thought her and, and Tidell was close, pretty close in age. 
if I can find yeah. that picture of that tombstone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought they were pretty. Ooh, I would think yeah. they're the same generation. Right. And then mm-hmm. Grant, Ernestine is the generation above them because for, so for Ernestine to know. Beulah A? I don't think so. No, uh-huh. I think that was whoever was after Unk's father. After, I don't think okay, her father. Okay, okay. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because I feel like that would have been referred to like my father gave you a virus or something like that. So I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because then, then he had all the small children. Then he had all the small children, too. Oh, let me see. Uh-huh. I forgot about Kendra. Sorry. Hold on. Uh, so, while she checks on Kendra, what do you think is next for what? the Andre? Do you think uh, Corbin and Andre? Wait. How do you think I- I'm Did sorry. You- Excuse me. Kendra, uh-huh. um... You gotta. You have to check your email. Like I invited you as a co-host, but you have to check your email for the invite. It's either going to be in your spam folder or your regular. But you have to do it that way. Okay, I just wanted to say that. Oh no. For okay. Sure. Go ahead. Well, just trying to keep it rolling while we wait so we don't have dead air. I was just asking what yeah. you all think either about the Corbin-Andre thing moving forward. Like, what do you think Andre – like, Corbin keeps coming back to hire him, you know, like as we see it last night. He Once he hears that Andre's back in town, Corbin is on that doorstep. So do you think that they will continue their um, client – lawyer relationship for season three or do you think Andre's story is going to go into a different direction now that Corbin seems to be linking up with his brother? Um, I, I, th- I think the, the concentration for Corbin is probably going to be with um, with and Kyle because I, I think there's going to be a, a backstabbing situation happening there. So I don't know, maybe he might need Andre as as his lawyer at some point, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be some separation between them and his focus is going to be more on the stuff with the canal and the, the casino. Andre wouldn't, Promised Land wouldn't want Andre dealing with anything in the casino anymore, I would, I would think. So since mm-hmm. he didn't get the contracts the way that they wanted him to go, so I don't think he'll have any involvement mm-hmm. with Hmm. Okay. Do y'all think, question, do you think the casino, casino, sorry, do you think the casino, girl, leave me alone, do you think that everything is going to be, girl, if you don't hush, leave me alone, yeah, because I know that you laughing at laughing. me. I was laughing. Oh, God. I was laughing quietly, though. See how she did me, y'all. This is full. <laughs> this is full display. Full display. Just make sure y'all get on the timeline. Anyway. Oh, well, no, you're not so do y'all the timeline think? On me. You're not. 
Do y'all think that everything is going to be built by the time next season? Do y'all think that they're going to start off just like we had Pussyland? Do you think they're going to start off with the casino and and whatever fairgrounds? <laughs> um, Chris no. was talking about when she was making that nasty potato salad. <laughs> Super nasty potato salad. I think that <laughs> the building of this casino is going to be a bit, still a big part of season three because we got okay. Bishop Mayor Mayor Bishop now, who's totally against it, right. and then we got Councilman right. Kyle, who is totally for it. So, and I and when he said, I think we're gonna be fucking each other for a long time now. I, they're gonna battle, and I think the casino is gonna be a big part of the battle. Now, him that, saying, "Are we gonna I, be fucking each other?" Do you think they are gonna end up fucking each other? <laughs> Please no. No. No thank you. Uh, I, am here for that. <laughs> I am not here for that. No, please. I think we would have to I have just a huge. I want to put that imagery out there. Okay? No, I don't want that image. No, happen, thank you. And when and when it happened and when it happened, then what? Then what? Okay, give me my coin. Uh-huh. Uh, we will come we and apologize that. to you profusely <laughs> when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> don't start that to my maybe, Cody. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was supporting. You rebuking my support? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, y'all get on her on the timeline. Get on Cody for for. For acting like Haley and my support. Yeah. <laughs> Being ungrateful. Right. Okay. Very, very ungrateful for that. Okay, but we didn't even talk about um uh, Woodbine though. Um did y'all have it how do y'all feel you know what, how do y'all feel about Mayor Woodbine? Because there were a lot of people who were so, like, against her. Like, she's so famous Monday. You know, there's such a transition between one and two with her in this season. Like, as soon as you saw her giving food out, like, helping the community, did that completely, or not necessarily completely, but you you felt something, you know, like, okay, this person is changed, she has a redeeming quality. Um, I really, you know, she has become a character who I'm, like, rooting for. Or were you ever against her to begin with? Definitely I, against her. When when she, sorry, uh, Ja, I think that was Ja. Um, I was definitely against her when she stole that money from Mercedes. And I'm, I'm still against mm-hmm. her. But I think Katori mm-hmm. said she's a, a complicated villain, and, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. if I took Lisa, I definitely would have voted for her. Like, she was out there on the front lines feeding the people. Where was Andre? Where was Wayne Kyle? So, to, mm. to me, this scene proved to me or pointed to me the reason why they made her the mayor of this town, because she deserved it better better than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think Okay, that... what were you going to say, Doc? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, Tia can go first since she got started off already. 
All I was going to say is I think that Mayor Bishop is definitely one of those good, how they have all the characters have some good and bad. And I think we started to see the good this season. And I think we're really going to be rooting for her when she's going against Council Powell next season. Because I think we're going to really see a 180 in her going from this all for me person to her really starting to go for the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, um, shout out to Harriet D. Foy for playing the yeah. the villain that I'm like I love to hate. I I love to hate and I hate to love Pastor Mayor Bishop Woodby. Um mm-hmm. I'm wondering though, was she feeding the community and doing all of those things for to as a really a support to the community? or to raise herself up. You know, we know in a lot of situations, some pastors, um, they, they come across as being giving and do all the things, but it's more for their own glory. You know, um, mm-hmm. she's doing a song. She's got all her pictures in the window at the church. You know, um, I think she wants to prove really bad to her pastor that she's a better pastor than them, and, and they should have let her preach. Um so I'm interested to see, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted on, is she really a person who has some good at heart? Or is she willing to do good before the wrong reason? You know, um, shout out to her giving Terrica back to Mercedes. But, you know, think right. about she's about she was God's gift to Chuckalisa. So <laughs> if you're a pastor, you're supposed to be doing things for the glory of God. But she right. said she was God's gift to Chuckalisa. So it says to me that her actions are actually self-motivated. It just so happens to benefit the community. Girl, you better speak it like you on the news. <laughs> Supporting live hmm. from Unfinished Business. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Girl, you sounded, I mean, girl, did she not sound like Nightline? <laughs> God was giving anchor on Nightline, okay? Girl, she was giving breaking news, honey. I was listening like, okay, (laughs) Cynthia. That was good job, girl. I know that's right, girl. You better break down the church. Girl, that sounds like you was taking down the church, okay? Nah, I ain't really want to leave my corner on it. It did. Because did y'all think like, Josh said, Josh said. It sounded like Josh was taking down the mega church in that report, didn't it? Not the church, the church is in Chuck and Lisa. Okay? Okay. Oh, nobody's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So we have four minutes. Man, Kendra, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I did invite you, dear, via email. I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, I apologize. But we have four minutes left. Um, This this show went by fast. Uh, I don't know what happened. It it went by very fast today. Usually... um, I don't know. It feels like we would have had like 45 more minutes. 
So that's crazy. Maybe because we had a special guest. That's special guest. Yep. Yes, and it hit the time-space continuum on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so unexpected. I was just like, we were just like, fa-la-la-la-la, fa-la-la-la. And Tanika was talking. Baby, I had to go, <laughs> I had to live. I had to live mute your ass, okay? Thank when goodness. Cody said Alphonse, I was like, Alphonse who? <laughs> what? Not me, Alphonse. You got to be talking about Alphonse Jenkins. Not me, Alphonse. Right. You was like, um, Alphonse Johnson from down the street, because I know it's not no Alphonse Nicholson.
Okay? Yep. 210. All right. All right, ladies. Bye. See you on the timeline. Yes? See yep. <laughs> All right. Valley where the girls get naked. If you're throwing bags, then you know she gon' shake it. One, two, break 'em. Three, four, break 'em. These niggas grind hard, but these bitches grind harder. Climbing up the pole just to get out the bottom.